Shalom, and welcome to Kehilat Rosh Pina, a dynamic, multicultural, and growing Messianic Jewish congregation located in the heart of Oklahoma City and led by Rabbi Michael Weigand. Our goal is to bring you the message of the Word each week from a Jewish perspective and to exalt the Messiah Yeshua as Lord and Savior overall. We are a loving congregation made up of both Jew and Gentile, now one in the Messiah, with Shabbat morning services at 10.40 a.m. and various studies throughout the week. Please come and join us next time you are in Oklahoma City. We would love to have you. And now, we hope you enjoyed today's message. Well, let me say Hanukkah Sameach to you. Happy Hanukkah officially again here. I'd like to share some thoughts with you about Hanukkah. Our first glance at Hanukkah, it seems like Hanukkah is just a, a simple celebration. Candles, match, donuts, sufganiyot, I guess they're called, <laughs> oil. But as Roy pointed out in going back to the history that underlies the celebration of Hanukkah. There's a lot more to it. And even now in the uh, 21st century, the year 2022, soon to be, God willing, 2023, we still, we still hear the rumblings of things like anti-Semitism. We still hear rumblings of anti-Zionism things like that, that are directed towards the Jewish people. And I know if I asked you how many of you actually pray for Israel, that a lot of our hands would go up, that we do pray for the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, for the Jewish people. And even right now, as I'm talking right here this evening in Oklahoma City, uh, some of you are aware that we are, as a congregation, we're part of the International Alliance of Messianic Congregations and Synagogues. It's the largest group probably since the first century of Messianic Jewish congregations. Um, and right now there are 23 of them in the Ukraine, and virtually every single one of them have been attacked. Now, have they been specifically attacked because there are Messianic congregations? No, not necessarily. But there have been many Jewish people affected. And to them, uh, they're looking at this time, they're looking for miracles. They're looking for God's intervention. These are major ideas, aren't they? Even though Hanukkah itself is considered a minor holiday. I mean, it's not listed in Leviticus chapter 23 as uh, one of the great feasts of the Lord, along with the Shabbat, the Sabbath. It's considered a minor holiday, although in the American celebration, our particular way of celebrating, it's become much more major, uh, probably because of its juxtapositioning with Hagamolad, with the uh, celebration of Christmas. Even this year, it overlaps with uh, Hagamolad, with the Christmas celebration. And yet, I would suggest to you that Hanukkah has some major ideas behind it, some important uh, principles, and I want to share a few of them with you. A few things to consider when you study Hanukkah and, and you, you study the history. You, you can't find Hanukkah mentioned in the Hebrew Scriptures. You can find it only mentioned in the Hebrew New, New Covenant, the Brit Hadashah, the New Testament. It's mentioned in John chapter 10. It's called the Feast of Dedication. It's the only place it's found in Scripture. 
And, and uh, it says that Yeshua, Jesus, went to the temple at that time. He went to the Solomon's portico section of the temple. So he was aware of Hanukkah. And Hanukkah itself is a relatively young celebration. How young is young? Well, it's 2,200 years old. <laughs> was anybody there at the first Hanukkah, by the way? <laughs> Well, I say relatively young because Pesach, or Passover, is 3,600 years old. So that kind of gives you some perspective that when we have the privilege in a congregation like this to celebrate the Feast of the Lord, we're tapping into some really ancient history and even further biblical history. We look to the Scripture for inspiration. But although Hanukkah is considered a minor Jewish holiday... There are some major themes, as I just mentioned. For example, Hanukkah points to consideration of themes like assimilation and acculturation, those big English words, hitpolelut in Hebrew, the assimilation. It, it points to the, 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 the need to maintain national identity for the Jewish people. It points to this struggle between secularism and uh, I'll use the term religiosity, but this struggle that goes on, it goes all the way back to Hanukkah and even prior to that. And it also points to the necessity for God's people to be united. Because Yeshua himself said, he said, a house divided against itself, what? cannot stand. It will not stand. And victory, uh, we have victory in the Lord as we are united in the purpose of the Lord and the will of the Lord. We experience victories in the Lord as a community and perhaps as a family when we remain united and, and seek the purpose of the Lord, we experience victories. And some of the very issues that I just mentioned, like assimilation and acculturation and identity, all these can overflow into uh, the body of Messiah when you think about it. Because we must be careful as believers, and if you're a believer today, I'm specifically addressing you. We must be careful as believers not to become assimilated and not to become acculturated to the ways of this world. It is very easy and as strong. I spoke some about it this morning. It is quite easy in a strong society, a strong culture like Americanism, quite easy to lose our bearings and to go astray and to follow the wrong things in life. And Hanukkah reminds us that it's important for us to, to keep our eyes focused on the Lord and to, to not become assimilated and acculturated by the ways of the world or into the ways of the world. Above all, I think we should be followers of the Lord. That's our main call. That's your main call. That's mine, to be followers of the Lord and to remain united in purpose to fulfill his will. One of the more harrowing statements, and Yeshua made a number, in my opinion, of harrowing statements, but one that has really gripped me for decades is when he said, not all who cry, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom. What's the next part? But those who do the will of my Father. How important is it to do God's will? Extremely important for us. Extremely important. And it'd be more than just words, but actual actions. That there'd be the practical application of doing the will of the Lord in our lives. And Yeshua, during his 
his time as he walked the earth, as he walked through Eretz Israel, the land of Israel, as he walked through the holy land as we might call it today, he said many other things. And he reminded the people that were listening to him back then, and we, we've been re- receptors of, of, of his word that's been uh, passed on to us through the scripture, through the new covenant, the new testament. He reminded them of many things, but let me also share with you this strong word that he said in Mark chapter 9, verse 50. He said, salt is good. But if the salt loses its flavor, some translations say savor, if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. That's quite a statement because, uh, you know, certainly I'm not a chemist, but I know this, that when I taste salt, I know that I've tasted salt. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And if you tasted too much salt, you know you tasted too much salt. <laughs> but if that salt loses its flavor, how does it make salty again? We don't want to lose, we don't want to lose that connection we have with the Lord. We want to make sure that we are walking closely with the Lord. And later on in Yeshua's, uh, as he walked among his Talmudim, his, uh, his disciples, his Shlichim, his apostles, He made a prayer, he uttered a prayer that's found in John chapter 17, and I'll just read a section of it to you. Begin with verse 13, and it's often been called Yeshua's high priestly prayer, high priestly referencing Kohen Gadol, the high priest that was at the time, that Aaron was the original great high priest. In this prayer, John chapter 17, here's part of it, he says, but now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. John 17, verse 13. It continues in verse 14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Verse 15, John 17. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. In verse 17, powerful verse, Yeshua's prayer, and I think it applies, he was praying for us to sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And that is one of the distinguishing points that we have as believers, that when we look at God's Word, we don't just see another work of literature as beautiful as the Scripture is, or another work of poetry as some sections of it is. We see the very Word of God that's been transmitted to us. And connected to that very Word of God is a certain responsibility that we have to, to know that Word and to abide by that Word. And what does he say? He says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. That very process within our lives of sanctification that's going on is connected to God's word being outworked and inworked in our lives as as it is. John 17 that I just read, and I'd encourage you to read all that if you have a chance. We, we should remember that Yeshua was a descendant. He was connected by family link to David, King David. 
And sometimes when I'm reading through the writings of King David, for example, a number of the Psalms, you just you can just sense Yeshua there. How many of you have read through the Psalms and you've you've seen Yeshua? There's so many prophetic words that point us to Yeshua. And in Psalm 119, King David said this. No, I'm not going to read all Psalm 119, by the way, just to reassure you. <laughs> if we started at the beginning of Hanukkah, we might be finishing it right now. But, but this, this beautiful passage, Psalm 119, verse 17, it's been a favorite of mine for a long time. King David wrote, deal bountifully with your servant. And then notice the next statement, that I may live and keep your word. That I may live and keep your word. And then verse 18 says, Open my eyes that I may see niflaot mitortecha, that I may see wondrous things from your law. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. And the text goes on from there in just the most beautiful way. Here, as we look at some of the statements that I just read, these statements from Psalm 119, and Yeshua was connected to King David family-wise, he said, deal bountifully with your servant. You know, it's important for us to recognize, it's important for us to recognize and to live according to, let me use the new covenant term, to live according to the grace of God. Is anyone here tonight thankful for God's grace? I am. I'm very thankful for his grace. Because if he dealt with us according to our sins. No, I wouldn't even talk about you. Let's talk about it. If he dealt with me according to my sins. Oh, Lord, who could stand is how King David said it. But his grace is sufficient for you tonight. David said it this way. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word, is what he said. Live and keep your word. If we think there is real life, eternal life, outside of God's word, we're really deceiving ourselves. It's connected. Eternal life is connected to the word of God. And when I think of the word of God, there are many applications of that idea, but Yeshua is the living word of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then there's the graphe, the written word of God, which we are so thankful for. We call it the Bible, our scriptures, that I may live and keep your word. It's only Yeshua that can give us true life on this Hanukkah. We look at these lights here. We see the one that's elevated, the shamash candle, the elevated, the servant candle, so it's often translated. And we realize that Yeshua, the light of the world, has been lifted up and he's coming back again that he's going to return in great glory, in, in, in unimaginable glory. We can't even imagine the glory that will be revealed when he returns. And we don't know the day nor the hour. In fact, no one knows the day nor the hour of his return. We should be prepared. How many times did he say, be prepared, be prepared, be prepared, watch and pray, be prepared. We must be prepared in this generation and Yeshua explained that one of the many reasons that he came and he did what he did for us, which was lay down his life and for, with vicarious atonement for us. One of the reasons he did it is John chapter 10, verse 10 says this, the thief 
does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And then Yeshua says this, I have come. I have come that they may have life, that they may have life and that they may have it how? More abundantly. Why did Yeshua come? Well, this is one of the reasons that you might have life and have life more abundantly, the true kind of life. Not the life that's connected to this world, which is passing away, but the life that's connected to God, the Zoe kind of life, as the Greek language says, the Chayeolam, the eternal life that comes only through faith in Yeshua. And as King David continued in Psalm 119, which we previously read, he said this wonderful statement. He said, Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your instruction from your Torah. Even King David seemed to realize that he needed some kind of revelation deep within himself. And there are some wonderful songs. Modern Chorus has written, Open the Eyes of My Heart. That's a beautiful song. I love that song. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart that I may see you high and lifted up. Open my eyes that I may see, King David wrote centuries ago, that I may see wondrous things from your law, from your instruction to us. Open my eyes that I may see. This phrase, open my eyes again, reminds us how much we need revelational understanding of the Lord. We need to know him in a, in a better way, in a deeper way, in a deepening way, an ongoing process way in our lives. Friends, please avoid this Hanukkah time. Please avoid being stagnant in your faith, but seek to grow and to grow more and to grow more, to become rooted and grounded in your faith and your trust in Yeshua, because those who trust in him will never be ashamed. Those who trust in him will never be disappointed. Those who trust in him are really trusting in the rock of their salvation, the eternal one of Israel. This holiday that we call Hanukkah, which is a Hebrew word meaning dedication, or can in some context means rededication, is also called the Festival of Lights. In light, there's so many applications for the concept of light, but I, I know this, that when we go to a place where light is increasing, that means we're able to see increasingly under normal circumstances. And 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 says... If we walk in the light, notice it starts with the word, this big two-letter word, which is a Torah-based word, im, or English, if. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Messiah Yeshua, his son, does what? Cleanses us from what? All sin. All sin. But that two-letter word in the beginning, if, it's also a two-letter word in the Hebrew language, im, if we walk in the light as he is in the light. That tells us it's not according to our own understanding, but it's according to him. And he is our example. How many of you believe this evening on this Hanukkah that Yeshua, who is the light of the world, is also our example of that we should follow him and obey him and serve him and do as well? I hope you're there at that place, and I hope you're growing more and more into that. And David continued. He said, I am a stranger in the earth. Just think of that. 
He who would be the great king of Israel with his great kingdom, he says, I am a stranger in the earth. And then he, he goes further and he says, don't hide, do not hide your commandments from me as he pleads with God not to, to disappear from his life. And I, and I hope and pray that we're looking to God to be more and more involved in our life. I don't know if you make resolutions at this time of the year, but if you do, may it be a resolution to grow further in your faith and to draw nearer to the Lord because his promise is if you draw near to him, you know what he promises to do? He says, I'll draw near to you. Draw near to God, he'll grow near to you. You know, David didn't seem to be confused about who he was when it came to the world and its ways. Yes, he had challenges, just like you or me. Yes, he made mistakes. Yes, he sinned, just like you or myself. But he didn't seem to have so much of an issue about his place before the Lord. He just struggled at times. Have you ever had a struggle in your life where you had to look to God to help you? I certainly have. David didn't seem to want to cozy up to this world. And so often now in 21st century beliefism, we just cozy up to the world. We want to be accepted by the world. We want to be you know, congratulated by the world. But it would be much better, in my opinion, and I think you would agree with this, to have the accolades of God on our life. To hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of my kingdom. That's much better than anything this world can offer us. Because whatever this world can offer us is going to pass away. But what the Lord gives us says, lay up for yourself treasure in heaven where no one can steal it, rust can't get it, moths can't get it. And he said, because where your heart is, guess what? That's where your treasure is going to be too. <laughs> Psalm 119, verse 24, David says, your testimonies also, notice this, he says, your testimonies are my delight and my counselors. My delight and my counselors. And we find what is arguably the strongest statement in the New Covenant epistles in James chapter 4, verse 4. Notice how it starts. It's a tough word on Hanukkah, this joyous occasion. It says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And when I look at these lights, these lights that are kindled here, I see that we are called to walk in the light of the Lord, not in the darkness of this world. That's how we're called. And lastly here, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. And then it makes this incredible statement. It says, If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Now, as we go further in our service today, in Hanukkah, I want to leave you with this passage of Scripture from Matthew chapter 7, from the words of our Lord from the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 says, 
<laughs> enter, enter by the narrow gate. Will you say that with me, please? Enter by the narrow gate. Let's say it one more time. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate. And notice this. And difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. At this Hanukkah season, when we consider the history that Roy went over previously, it was a difficult time 2,200 years ago in Modi'in and in the land of Israel. As the Maccabees fought the Greeks, it was a difficult time. There was bloodshed and there was sorrow, but yet there was also tikva, hope. There was hope that the darkness would be overcome and the light would so shine. And that's exactly what happened when the temple was cleansed and the Hanukkah, the menorah, at that time it was the menorah, the menorah was kindled, the light filled the place. My prayer for us here this evening is, the, is that the light of Yeshua will shine from our lives into this world, this darkened world, because the light does dispel the darkness. Will you pray with me? Lord, we praise you this evening for, for the message that we learn from Hanukkah, both of rejoicing, gladness, joy, victory, overcoming, but also the warnings concerning assimilation and acculturation and cozying up to the world and the world system. Lord, I pray this evening as we continue with our fellowship together, time of uh, food and rejoicing. Lord, I pray that you'll continue your work in our lives. We lift up the land of Israel and the people of Israel at this time as the final days of Hanukkah are entering into the land of Israel. We pray for all Israeli believers and ask that you would be with them. We lift up the Jewish community in Ukraine. We lift up the 23 Messianic synagogues in Ukraine and ask that you would be with them. And Lord, we pray that your light would go forward. Your light would go forth. Your light, O oh Lord, would shine in the dark areas of our lives, but especially to those around us for your name's sake. I ask these things according to the name of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. Amen. You've been listening to the Shabbat message from Rosh Pinah Messianic Jewish Congregation in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. We would love to have you visit us. Our weekly services begin at 10.40 a.m. each Shabbat, and we are located at 2600 Northwest 55th Place, north of Northwest Expressway at the corner of Northland Avenue and Northwest 55th Place. We meet each Shabbat for wonderful praise and worship with dance, liturgy, teaching, food, fellowship, excellent children's programs, and Bible studies on Tuesday nights. For more information, please visit our website, www.roshpinah.org That's R-O-S-H-P-I-N-A-H dot O-R-G You can also reach us by phone at 405-842-1967 or email us at info at roshpinah.org Thank you for spending time in the Word with us today. Shabbat Shalom and blessings in Messiah Yeshua.